0: from years of anxiety to warrior and mentor bradley robinson created the anxiety project to help you end your anxiety naturally let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together hello and welcome to episode 185 of the anxiety project podcast i am brad robinson Today I'm talking about five reasons why anxiety sucks. Being stuck in this anxious cycle, feeling alone, feeling trapped and confined to your safe zone in your house and how demanding this anxiety response can be on our bodies and your body if you're currently suffering If there are people around you, like family, friends, who don't understand what it's like to suffer from anxiety, to understand what you're currently going through, please share this podcast, but especially this episode with those people. And my goal of this episode is to motivate you or to help attach anxiety to not changing, And pleasure to changing your ways, right? So why being stuck in this cycle sucks and why you need to continue to push yourself further and further outside of your comfort zone and to change your lifestyle, to sacrifice habits that aren't currently working so that the future you could be free of anxiety rather than dependent on all of these coping strategies to handle the anxiety right so let's first dive into your comments on previous podcast episodes starting with headman he says fantastic podcast been using your meditation videos every evening and they've been working wonders uh that's fantastic and this allows me to dump any negative thoughts from the day. I was wondering how to deal with bad days with anxiety. I've just had a fantastic week, but I had one bad day, and it's really put me down. I feel anxiety sufferers often times strive way too hard for perfection. I agree. So when we have bad days, we take them badly, as we want each day to be fantastic and free of anxiety thoughts. That's a great point, Headman. Um, The the perfection thing I agree with. Everything you said I agree with, but the perfection thing is a big one. Um, And when you have that bad day, it's really important to note that you need to take a step back and take a moment for yourself because we will always have those days where things start to slip. And to be very conscious of that is important. And you will be the more you practice this new lifestyle of mindfulness and minimalism and in recovery. Uh, You change all your habits. You start to become very aware of when things start to slide. And I can already see that from your comment that you're very aware. So when you have that day, step back and say wait a minute here i need to figure things out in my mind things are so chaotic up here in the in the mind write stuff down write down what's going through the mind the negative thoughts that are coming about figure things out maybe your schedule is so out of whack or maybe things popped up that you didn't expect write those things down or take a moment to meditate take a moment to breathe and that that's really necessary because those days always happen and setbacks always happen and acknowledging that constant improvement is what's necessary for growth will help you through those setbacks because someone with a developing mindset they know that these days are coming and will come and Have come right now, so thank you for the comment. Allison Jones says, Do you have a way I can contact you to talk about my anxiety symptoms? I do. If you go over to unpluganxiety.com under contact, you can ask me a question. If you're interested in the program, you can ask me about the program, or if you're interested in coaching. You can ask me about the coaching. I have different coaching packages on my website, so check those out if you're interested in private one-on-one coaching where we set goals, where we talk about anxiety recovery, and I help you release past emotional baggage through different exercises I've learned myself through NLP and CBT. Slicks says, thanks for this video. It's hard to keep this new way of thinking up. And it's easy to slip back into the pit of worrying. Absolutely, Slicks. If you are new to this podcast, well, first of all, welcome. And I want to say that this is a recovery podcast. This isn't a podcast for coping, right? This is a podcast where I talk about strategies, techniques, and what's necessary to improve the quality of your life. To be the independent person that you unconsciously are striving to become, right? That you're yearning to become. Um, So go back, listen to all of these podcasts. I recommend that you re-listen to ones that really resonate with you. You write down notes and you start to take those notes with you throughout the day and you start to implement the strategies I talk about in these episodes, Now, to start off this episode, I want to talk about your anxiety and why you're feeling the way that you are. And it's a sign from your body that something needs to change. Emotional baggage needs to be freed. A relationship needs to end, possibly, Old habits are toxic and need to be burned away. And new habits need to be introduced. You are out of balance. Your programming is out of date. And the computer, your being, is full of viruses and it's lagging. It's out of date. Health anxiety sufferers are desperately trying to solve the problem to why they are ill, but solving the wrong problem. For example, they are attempting to cure the high blood pressure with medication rather than shifting their stress, their lifestyle choices. Anxiety sufferers are so out of tune with themselves because they spent most of their years, masking feelings, masking their thoughts, their behaviors, ignoring the elephants in the room, right? Ignoring the consequences or not even being aware of the consequences of their habits because those habits and those thought patterns and those behaviors and all of that has become their normal. It's become their normal. Distracting themselves so that they don't have to confront their inadequacies or traumas of their past. Using excuses to not do the difficult tasks they need to do. Number five in the five reasons why anxiety sucks is that it makes you feel alone and unique. You have a construct in your mind of what the problem is. It could be cancer. It could be a certain disease, whatever. Usually it's something that you reacted to strongly on Dr. Google because anxiety sufferers are problem solvers, right? They're trying to solve this underlying problem, why they feel the way they feel. They go on Google and they react to the first catastrophic thing that comes up. And then they say, well, how do I solve this catastrophic thing? How do I cure this thing? So you go to your doctor telling them what it is and they check you. They come back and they say, it isn't that thing, and you seem fine, you're okay. And that can be a temporary sign of relief. You go, ah, that's good to hear. I don't have that thing. But the sensation, the feeling, it comes back later that day. And then you say to yourself, if I'm fine, then why am I not feeling fine? Why do I still feel this pain or discomfort? What is happening? And their confusion is at the forefront of their health anxiety mind this can make you unique because you keep going back to your doctor and they keep testing you and it's not what you think it is so it feels like you're this unique person who has this unique problem and that this is how it's always going to be you're just going to have to live with all of this also If everyone around you is telling you to relax or that you are fine and you don't feel it, you don't feel fine, that can make you feel alone. The uncertainty of the symptom can make you feel unique and the comfort other people are trying to give to you but doesn't work, that can make you feel alone. The fourth reason why anxiety sucks is that those sensations are uncomfortable. I remember a time when I was at the height of my health anxiety. I was rolling around on my living room floor as my parents were looking down on me. And I remember I was touching the parts of my sides, like where my kidneys were because of this discomfort. And the reason why I was rolling around on the floor is because I was in panic. Why? I remember phoning my doctor And requesting an appointment, but they were closed for the next two days. And I think this was on a Friday, so they weren't open on the weekend or something. And that sent me into into panic mode because I had to wait two days to find out the answer. I couldn't wait two days. I needed to know right bloody now what it is. I needed to solve the problem right now, and I remember being on the floor. What am I gonna do? This pain here—it's probably this horrible illness. What if I don't even survive for the next couple of days? I just want to get the answer now so I can overcome this thing. And it was dreadful. Makes you feel trapped. Makes you feel helpless. Made me feel helpless. The anxiety response produces physiological changes within the body. It produces an excess of adrenaline, cortisol, tightens the body, increases your heart rate, hyperventilation occurs. Your body's preparing for the danger, right? But when you're in your home, you don't see a predatory cat right in front of you. You are in your home. And this is this mismatch of environmental factors and your internal world, right? The internal world is perceiving a danger through the imagination of your cortex, through the self-talk, through the feelings. But there is no physical, or not physical, but I mean real danger in front of you. And this is not a long, good long-term solution to have your anxiety response continuously active. Why? Because it can damage your body over a long period of time. It can produce real illnesses if you don't calm the system. Now, anxiety sufferers misinterpret these anxiety symptoms as real illnesses. This is what I'm trying to get at. Those sensations produced by the anxiety response can be misinterpreted, mislabeled. You go on Google and you say, okay, right pain, left side, and then you find out it's like liver disease or something like that, and then you react to it. But it's not that because you've already went to your doctor, you got it checked out and then you came back home and the pain is still there, well, maybe it's not the best idea to continue the Google searching or to continue the belief that it is liver disease or you should calm the system down, calm your anxiety system down. And usually when I do my coaching with clients, I see that once they start to calm their system down, their sensations lessen. And I'm like, yes, your sensations can produce a wide range of of different feelings, wide range of pains and aches within the body. Where your focus goes, you're going to keep the energy flowing towards that particular area. And that brings me to number three in why... Anxiety sucks. It keeps you fixated. keeps keeps you obsessing over that particular sensation. Relationships around you and your job, it gets neglected because now this unknown potential illness rises up to the top of your values hierarchy. It's what's valuable to you. And when you're around people and you're talking about your symptoms to your family, friends, coworkers, this can drive people away. It drains them. You become an emotional vampire. And you start to attract like minded people. You start to join communities online of people who are suffering from anxiety and who just talk about it. Then you start to hang around people who are complaining at work. You start to engage in negative relationships. So you start to enter a community of set mindset people, coping people. And that only keeps you in the cycle. And because you're obsessing over this feeling or, the, or these many feelings is a sign that you are determined to seek a solution. So that means you must keep seeking tactics, strategies outside of what's familiar to you until you see the problem resolving. That means you have to implement strategies. You have to implement techniques. From other people who overcame the same challenges you're currently battling. Using them as a mentor or a star in the night sky, a guide to get to point B. Really important. So many sufferers stay put in their cycle of worry. And then they use temporary numbing agents to counter the symptoms of the stress, to actively avoid worrisome thoughts, to avoid feeling the sensations. And then that brings me into number two of why anxiety sucks is that it keeps you dependent? Coping habits have a short lifespan. It's temporary numbing. To properly function in this world, I need to hold on to my family's hand for them to help me, to use medications alcohol, TV, weed, Google, food as comfort because it makes me feel good for that moment. And this doesn't work because the consequences only outweigh the initial dopamine blast. Also, that dopamine blast is only short-lasting. It's only short-lasting. What you want is the blast of dopamine when you face a challenge you thought you could never handle without being dependent on some sort of safety and then overcoming it on your own. That's where the true independent individual Comes forth is when you can walk into those uncomfortable challenges on your own, handle it, and arise as somebody who is capable of much more than they thought. And then once you start to handle those situations, You start to view yourself differently. Hey, I am someone who is able to confront these sorts of challenges. And then you start to confront other challenges you thought to be uncomfortable, and you overcome them. You become braver. But it takes, well, it's necessary that you pick one domain, one area of of fear and tackle it, and then all other fears around that start to become radically less fearful. You become braver. So, for example, you overcome the fear of being in a crowded room. So you pick an environment where that is the case. So the mall, for example, focus on that challenge, that only challenge, going to the mall and staying in the environment until your anxiety goes from a level eight, nine, 10 down to a level four, three. And then you start to view yourself as someone who's capable of being in an environment like that and not dying not throwing up, not fainting, not having a heart attack. And then the more you confront those, that environment, the less anxiety-producing it becomes. And then you become braver in all other environments because of that one or two experiences that you've had overcoming that fearful experience of the past very powerful. Sometimes it might take you six, seven times in that environment to overcome the fear. That's what happened with me at the art gallery. I had a panic attack there once. I ran out of the environment. I remember going back to the art gallery and my anxiety was like eight, nine, 10. I had a very hard time dealing with that anxiety, but I overcame it the second time. I stayed there rather than running away. It was a really rough time, but I knew it was necessary to desensitize myself, so I went back there again. My anxiety wasn't as bad. It was around 8, 7. It was a rough time, but I overcame it. I stayed there, and I and then I left um, after, obviously, my anxiety going down to a level 3 or 2. And then I went back there another time, and then my anxiety was a six. And then each time I went back there, it got lower and lower until I can go there now, and it will be a zero. I just have a fun time. That's the desensitization process. The first reason why anxiety sucks is your world slowly shrinks down smaller and smaller. The reason this comes about is because you start to avoid small uncomfortable situations and then that grows rapidly into the avoidance of everything. So you avoid them all and your amygdala, your fear response, it goes, okay, environments like the mall are dangerous and should be avoided. And so then you go to the shopping center. It's not the mall, but the amygdala works by associations. And so it says, hey, this environment is a place where you could feel trapped, where there's a lot of people, and it needs to be avoided because it got that association from the mall environment. So then you start to avoid the super center. And then you start to avoid the classroom if you're going to school or then you start to avoid the buses or taxis or the subway and then things start to get smaller and smaller until you are like like my old self who can't even walk a block from their house without feeling panic and anxiety. And that's agoraphobia. Eventually, Your own house won't protect you from the snakes. That's the Garden of Eden, right? In that story of Adam and Eve, the snake always gets into the garden no matter what. No matter how confined the garden is, no matter how many walls you put up around you, the snake always gets in. The anxiety sufferer, is looking to build as many walls as possible around them for safety, but can't seem to. Well, why? The sensation follows you. The traumas of your past are a part of you. They're within you. The monsters will come out. I'll give you an example. You wake up at 2 a.m., with night terrors, what's happening? Well, wh- while you're asleep, the unconscious, you can look at it as the unconscious mind is opening doors, but within your unconscious mind, there, there are traumas, unresolved emotional baggage within your, your own self that starts to come up while you're sleeping because the doors are opening and then that wakes you up in, in panic and anxiety. And then you're wondering, what is happening? Well, that's what's happening. The unconscious mind is opening itself up in some sense. Things are bubbling up that you haven't resolved yet. And since they're all bubbling up at once, it's just too much, right? The glass of your being is overflowing with water. And so people shrink their worlds down smaller and smaller until everything is just too much, right? They're like a scared rabbit in their hole just cowering away because the world itself is now a dragon, a predator. Everything's Everything around them is going to eat them. But that is when you... Engage in the desensitization process. It's better to slay the dragon while it's a baby before it's a fully fledged adult, right? So when you are in agoraphobia, that's like the last stage. That's when everything becomes huge, right? You don't want to, it's not ideal to handle the dragon at that point because it's just too much, right? But if if you are at that point, is what I'm saying, then, well, there's no other choice but to go and fight the dragon, no matter how big it is. You have to go and step outside of your comfort zone. You have to start slowly and desensitize yourself to the world around you. And that's what's necessary to lessen anxiety. And that's, The five reasons why anxiety sucks. Thank you so much for being here on today's episode. Please leave your comments below. Am I missing something here? What are the reasons why anxiety sucks for you? And uh, I hope that this video, this podcast has helped you to attach anxiety to staying where you are and not changing, and giving you the motivation to change your ways and improve yourself. Do not let anxiety define who you are. I will see you on the next podcast episode. Bye for now. Brad's powerful anxiety recovery program is now available at unpluggedanxiety.com. The Anxiety Project program is downloadable the power of anxiety recovery in your own hands. Visit unpluganxiety.com for more details. Recovery starts now.